Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Back after a two-week hiatus, Andrew Malcolm at AH Malcolm, the prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com. Um, he was off um, apparently uh, being uh, having his own coronation. Um, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and I saw all the TV coverage that your coronation got. And I got to say, <laughs> I, I think that this Charlie guy in Britain was a little jealous. Uh, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, he should have been. Uh, I was uh, off grandparenting with all four of them, and it was a wonderful time. See, much better than some fusty old coronation yeah um, i do you know that it's the hats that get me they're just wonderful hats those crowns it's not a simple t <clears throat> tiara it's a it's a big huge crown and i'm sure they did neck exercises before the ceremony probably you know it's just historically it's interesting because it's the first time i think in a century that um or close to a century that both a king and a queen consort uh, were crowned because Elizabeth was very firm that uh, Philip could not be crowned king consort. Um, she never allowed him uh, to do that. Um, and um, why? Uh, I'm not really sure why. He clearly wanted it, <laughs> but I think that the family didn't trust him. Uh, you know, the firm, the firm didn't trust him. Look, I mean, I think all these things are sort of interesting from a his historical perspective. But honestly, I got into an argument with some friends today about this. It's like uh, they were saying, well, you know, it's about, you know, conservatives should really be interested in this because it's about conserving traditions and conserving institutions. And my comment was, um, uh, I feel the need to break out into um, a nation once again. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. A nation once again. A nation <laughs> once again. You know, <laughs> didn't yeah. they fight a revolution to get away from all this Balderall? And why are Americans so interested in in the British royal family? And and the answers I got back were actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. The best one was because it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Because it's also free entertainment. So, you know, why not? And you know, yeah, well, we we enjoy celebrities, and there are celebrities with a special status. I I I like. There was a week or two ago, there was a news story that they found the bodies of a couple of um, British soldiers from the American Revolution. Oh, really? And they, yeah, and they had been shallow buried, and some guys from uh, from their whatever you call it, battalion or regiment, came from Britain to uh, to help rebury them with uh, with honor. So that, I think that, yeah, that's kind of nice. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, I mean, I'm not going to begrudge, you know, the... the well, actually, Ed, I think you are. You're, you're just... Uh, you're just one of those... <laughs> I might be. <laughs> you're, you're one of those mean curmudgeons that can't stand royalty. Well, okay. I mean, on a nation that was founded by getting away from royalty, I mean, honestly. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We were founded as a republic for a reason. We didn't want a monarch. Um, and for some reason, I think it just speaks to a um, sort of a human impulse for some sort of divine leadership, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and, no, yeah. The and the problem is, is that 
uh, we keep forgetting that the leaders themselves aren't divine and are are usually almost as far removed from it as possible. We're going to get to Joe Biden in a minute, but I mean, this is not a this is not a partisan issue. People on both sides tend to look at the at the leadership not as convenient um, convenient uh, pack mules for your own agenda, but as some sort of divinely inspired leadership is like a cult yeah. figure cult political celebrity and political you'll celebrity. see it you know when they come in the room there's a buzz uh i uh, when i worked for a governor uh and i made the mistake once of setting up a tv interview for him after a speech but I, the mistake was i set it up across the ballroom so he had to get across the ballroom and I was standing on the stage still, and you could see the people making beelines from distant parts of the ballroom to intercept him. And, oh, governor, hello. And everybody had their agenda. Um, and, you know, he was he was a celebrity within, within that state. So, uh, yeah, we do need it. I think you're right about some human uh, instinct to need uh, something to look up to. Well, and, you know, I'm having this discussion with the prince of Twitter, so I guess maybe, yes, maybe that's you true. know, there, there's a conflict of interest here that I think yeah, is, yeah. is playing into well, this. But well, yeah, just, gonna, uh, as long as I get the proper respect, I am uh, going to play the role of the old man shaking his fist at the clouds. <laughs> Go away! And, and I'm, I am, I am fully dressed, so it's okay. There you go. Okay. Uh, uh, glad to hear that. I mean, I wasn't going to ask, but <laughs> all right. So moving on from moving on from the uh, coronation and uh, all of the drama that went along with it. Um, I frankly was, was entirely insulted that uh, they didn't feature Meghan Markle on the, I, I never mind. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going, I'm not even going to finish that bit. I'm just so tired of all the, uh, all the royal stuff. Um, but again, speaking of that, we do have our own pretensions of royalty here in the yeah. United States. And uh, we were just before, right before we went on the air, we were talking about the fawning coverage of Joe Biden. And I, I brought up um, Stephanie Rule, the, the, um, the um, uh, interview that she did with Joe Biden, which was by the way, what Joe Biden first announced as the major press conference was an MSNBC interview with Stephanie Rule. Um, you know, this guy, I, I mean, I mean, his compass mentis is pretty much almost fully over to the non-side, right? I mean, yeah, well, yeah the guy is he's lost. He he doesn't know what he's saying half the time and what he the other the other half is not true. So yeah. Yeah. It's 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 demeaning to the office, but also what happens if I assume I'm not the only person who, when Joe Biden says something, I go, yeah, right. And what happens if we do have a crisis someday uh, because they see our leader is weak and he says, well, you know, we have to send our sons and daughters and mothers and fathers into harm's way. And we go, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure it's the truth. Yeah, because the guy lies so much. I don't. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, and the big takeaway from the Stephanie Rule interview, right, was 
Joe Biden claiming that Hunter Biden has never done anything wrong and he admires him and he's, yeah. you know, and it's like, and, uh, and so Benny his love child doesn't count apparently in this. Yeah. Right. And, and not acknowledging your granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I understand there's a criminal investigation, but I know he's not connected to you. Yeah. I mean, she was so, um, I'm trying to think of the word obsequious comes to mind, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when the president of the United States is saying my son never did anything wrong, and you already know that the IRS and the Department of Justice are preparing some sort of charges against him, he's already been caught with a weapon, with weapons and drugs at the same time. It's on his, it's it's in his social media stream, it's on his laptop. And um, and on top of that. The story all last week was the hearing in Arkansas over um, uh, the child that he had with Lyndon Roberts. Her name's, uh, I think it's Navy Joan. Um, and um, and the fact that Hunter Biden isn't paying the child support <laughs> that the court had ordered him to pay. Um, and he's pleading poverty in court with Abby Lowell, of all people. <laughs> representing him abby lowell thousand dollar an hour or close to a thousand dollar an hour attorney who is not taking this case pro bono uh arguing that uh poor hunter biden is you know destitute he's a destitute artist i mean yeah. it's just simply absurd to to say oh well no and we understand that you know anything that has to do with that has no connection to you jonathan turley actually has draws lots of connections to joe biden in terms of influence peddling too things yeah. that it, Journalists would normally say, well, let's follow up on this. As long as we've got you here, Mr. President, why don't you talk about this allegation? Why don't you talk about that allegation? Stephanie Rule is playing, I don't know, left guard, right? Or left tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Covering, uh, covering Biden's blind side while he drops yeah. back in the pocket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's pathetic. It really is. And I guess it's a factor of... of uh, what is it? What do you call it? Um, talk, talk TV. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it gets lumped, it, it gets jumped in, lumped in with the, uh, with the rest of journalism, which actually isn't much better. Uh, and uh, uh, I know the Washington free beacon did a, did a collection, a true genuine collection of questions that Joe Biden has been asked. You know, he can't do big news conferences because uh, even though they tell him the questions beforehand, he can't remember the answers and he can't read them right off of his jumbotron. So uh, he does these softballs with Stephanie Rule and he's been doing them with uh, podcasts with C-level celebrities and uh, the yeah. questions, they're so fawning. You started reading this off to me before we started rolling this. And I said, hold on to that because we've got to talk about this. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that these are not necessarily people who would you would consider to be journalists in, no. in the usual sense. The problem is, is they sound an awful lot like journalists when it comes to Joe Biden. And that's actually the problem. But yeah, I mean, talk about I, I talked about Stephanie Rule being obsequious. They make her look like... Um, I don't know, Edward R. Murrow in, in some of these podcast questions. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have you lay them on us, Andrew. Well, okay. This is from one, uh, this is from the Smartless podcast. Note last November. B. 
Before we start, I don't have a question. I just want to say a thank you for something. And I have to read a quote that you said almost 10 years ago. And now that you're sitting in front of me, and it's such an honor, and I'm shaking a little bit. <laughs> so, Mr. President, you get into the PJs, you let them know what you want for dinner, and then you start watching TV with Jill. Is that what happens? <laughs> what was that from? <laughs> I'd like that to was know from, the, from, that from the same podcast. Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, President Biden, I want to know about suits. How many suits do you have? Sir, your empathy is genuine. It's sincere. It's infectious. And it's a pleasure to be led by you. Oh, Lord. That's not, that was, I, and that was, if that you're was, diabetic, you better turn this off. Yeah, no kidding. I, I I might need to go get a. I might need to take an extra metformin at the moment. Um, <laughs> uh, who was who was that last one? It's a pleasure to be led by that, you. That was I don't know which person. It's a three person podcast. Jason Bateman and two other people. Um, and then this is uh, DJ. Is it Hugely or Hugely? I think Hugely. I think it's Hugely. Yeah, he says. The things you have done have mattered, sir, and I think that people will start seeing the results of those. I mean, it's just almost like when you start taking medicine, you don't oftentimes see it with the immediacy that you like, but I don't think that your work has gone unnoticed, and I hope that it doesn't go unrewarded, so thank you. <laughs> um, this, is, uh, uh, an, this is an NBC interview. Oh, no, that one is dumb. The Drew, the Drew Barrymore show, show, she said, would you say that you're a good gift giver to Dr. Biden? It was the airline's fault. A good gift giver? To a good gift giver, yeah. How are you feeling about your gift this year? Well, I actually need to ask you about the five proposals. Is it true that you proposed to Dr. Biden five times? And what was it that finally won her over? What do you know? I mean, what is what is your wife's favorite room in the house? I mean, this is a guy who's been in in Washington, D.C. for 51 yeah. years, and they're asking him questions like he just showed up. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, what is this? Okay. Uh, I know you're on limited time, so I just want to ask you, looking ahead, there are a lot of names floated. It's a crowded, crowded field. Who should be the next permanent host of The Daily Show? Oh, yeah. Well, that's something I definitely want <laughs> Joe Biden's in. So who is it? How, who would you name to be in the media to cover things that might be happening in your administration? I'm surprised they didn't say Hunter Biden. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's in no trouble, by the way. Yeah, no uh, trouble. Uh, and then Al Roker asked him, first of all, how was your Easter? <laughs> and well, then he, you know, he okay. said, I was just wondering, Mr. President, will you be taking part in the Easter egg rolls? After 2024, uh, uh, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I guess I, I guess I take a pass on that because Al Roker is not really a journalist either. But, um, but that's sort of a clever way of asking about about whether or not he's going to announce a run. You know, right? So. 
And then Joe Biden's answer was uh, he, that he would either be rolling egg or being, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. <laughs> what does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> it's, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to know. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the kind of tough questions. And, and um, I suppose there are some people who, who fall for this. Uh, uh, who think that, oh, he's just being a regular guy, old Uncle Joe. Yeah, this whole avuncular Joe Biden thing has been a media, you know, a, a media flim flam from the start. Joe Biden is not compassionate. I mean, oh, yeah. if you need and if you needed an example, if you needed to be if you needed that demonstrated for you, there is no better demonstration than the little girl <laughs> that his son fathered who doesn't even get mentioned by the Bidens as one of their grandchildren. Now, right. I mean, does does somebody who is compassionate cut that person out of their life? Um, this is, by the way, not speculation. They The court forced Hunter Biden to undergo a paternity test and it came back positive. That's his child. That's Joe Biden's granddaughter, no matter whether or not Joe Biden wants to call her that. And no, and, and no matter whether or not the, the the family is fighting the fact that uh, London Roberts wants to rename her uh, Biden. And that's one of the things that's in court right now is that she wants to, she's petitioned the court to change her last name to Biden, not London Roberts, but the child's last name to Biden. And the Biden family is opposing it. Yeah, imagine <laughs> now, that. Now, that's his, that is his uh, biological granddaughter. It's the child of his son. So why shouldn't it have the last name of the son? I mean, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. well, you know, the most stunning example of how callous and cruel Joe Biden is came in that George Stephanopoulos interview at the end of Afghanistan. Yes. When uh, he had Stephanopoulos, like a real, even though he wasn't originally a journalist, like a real journalist, he asked them, what about this panic at the airport and Afghans clinging to the outside of American planes and falling off to their death during takeoff. And Joe Biden said, well, that was four days ago. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, but they're still dead. So I, yeah, but every single, every single mainstream media outlet has to always say Joe Biden, you know, a figure of compassion in politics. The only thing that Joe Biden has ever been compassionate about in politics is Joe Biden and money. Yeah, right. Money. Exactly. Right. Right. And, and yeah. he's he's a notoriously lousy fundraiser. I mean, he's just awful as a fundraiser. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he's well, he as, president, yeah. Yeah. as president, you just put the basket out and people dump the money in. But basically, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, or they buy your son's paintings. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. And I, I mean, you were gone last week, so we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but I got to bring this up. And by the way, there's some later breaking news here on, on Hunter Biden. I'm going to get to that in a minute. And we're still going to get to your column, by the way, about... Well, that's uh, you, you're damn well better. Yes, sire. <laughs> yes, your princely, actually, your kingly highness. I, I'm sorry, yeah. you, you went to a coronation, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but did you see the uh, Politico story last week while you were uh, while you were grandfathering? Um, yeah. Did you see the, the Politico story last week about 
Hunter Biden's team trying to launch a legal defense fund in the White House going, no, don't, no, no, I didn't no. see that. Oh. Uh, I mean, and you can understand why the White House, I mean, I, I'm sorry, it wasn't political, it was Axios. Um, <laughs> you can understand why the White House is probably freaking out about this whole idea, because it's bad enough that he set up this art career as as clearly some sort of slush fund so that wealthy people can uh can kick money uh, back to hunter biden but um and and they don't want to disclose any of that the legal defense fund would be a slush you know a slush fund for um for influence peddling on steroids <laughs> in the white yeah. house no <laughs> You're going to have to make sure it's run like a political campaign. No, no foreign contributions, no, no uh, conflict of interests, you know, nobody who's got business before the White House type of thing. And yeah, that's not what's happening. That's one of the reasons why they're ticked off about him hiring Abby Lowell is because Abby Lowell is a high profile guy. He's a PR guy. He likes to fight things in the media. He's very aggressive. And sometimes that's a great strategy, but not when you're representing the son of a president who's but who just announced re-election <laughs> who's, ne who's never done anything wrong so um so they're already ticked off about that the legal defense fund is intended to negate the argument that london roberts is making in you know family court in arkansas that there's no way that hunter can be destitute if he's paying this dream team of American lawyers to represent them in Arkansas, they want to set up the legal defense fund so they can argue, well, the money isn't coming from Hunter. It's coming from donors yeah. to, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> the white house is, the white house is hitting panic mode on that because it's going to, it's going to be a slush fund and everybody knows it. Except uh, that the media won't, won't, won't press it. Well, I mean, and kudos to, yeah, I think it was Axios. Now I'm not sure if it was Axios or Politico. It could have been one or the other. So I'll give credit to both and we'll let, let, the, let God sort it out. But um, kudos <laughs> to whoever did report it um, because they didn't have to, right? But I mean, it was sort of a, I'll see if I can figure out for sure. Because this, again, this is a week ago and, you know, I'm an old man shaking my fist at the clouds anyway. As we've already established. Um, I'll, I'll look up a little because, uh, I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking here, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of hilarious that um, these guys really don't grasp the politics of Hunter Biden's corruption. It's bad politics. It is not going to make them look good. It was Axios, by the way. So I was correct. Eventually I was half correct. I, I picked both Axios and Politico. I'll just say I'm correct. It was Axios. Yeah. Um, so here, I, as long as I got it up here, I'll say, yeah. Uh, Hunter's team is also moving towards creating a legal defense fund and hiring ethics advisors for it. High-level Democrats and others are worried about the idea of the president's son soliciting money to pay for his legal troubles. You think? <laughs> you think? Maybe? Yeah, that might be an issue. You think uh, he'll get pardoned? Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's the question, right? Um, clearly Biden can't pardon him before the election because if he pardons his son this year or next year, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be the swampiest of all swampy moves. No, he'll do it after the election yeah. before he leaves office. We can't control that. Yeah. He might very well do that. Well, It'll that's what that, didn't Clinton do that for his uh, brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Yeah. He did it for his brother, for, for Hillary's, younger brother and i can't remember his name right now roger wasn't it roger 
Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, oh no, for his own younger brother, Roger Clinton. That's right. Not Hillary's brother. For his own brother, Roger Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. And it's possible he'll, I, I, I would say it's likely, it's, especially if Biden loses the election, you bet. I think in the two <laughs> months the of the transition, what's, yeah, what's, what's he going to lose at that point? May as well part. And, then, and then he'll, then he'll demand 15% instead of 10. Yes. Um, but um, that's not going to help him in Arkansas. <laughs> it's oh. a civil case and for, you don't get presidential pardons from, from child support. But I mean, this whole idea, oh, Hunter did nothing wrong. And and for Stephanie Rule to sit there and go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> My boss has told me I had to ask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, goodness. Well, let's get to your column because. Um, yeah, it's about time. It's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Wow, man, you came back feisty <laughs> from your uh, from your hiatus. <laughs> Woo. Well, you know, after all place. these years, after all these years of marriage, Ed, we can talk to each other that way. But this is true. This is true. Um, Fifteen years, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Of all the things Joe Biden has totally screwed up, this is the worst one. And I mean, honestly, this is our VIP column. So you have to be a VIP member to get this. Um, you know, I'm not even sure I agree with you on this. I still think Afghanistan was the worst one, but I, this is at least a close second, Andrew. Tell us what, what you're writing about here. Well, Afghanistan, you're right, was deadly. Uh, this the southern border in Mexico and allowing millions of people in with an open border, uh, to my mind, is the worst um, because it will go on for decades. I mean, uh, my grandchildren's children will be paying for the costs of letting in millions of people who didn't wait in line, didn't make legal application, and were basically they opened the door for them and they came in and they gave them a uh, a ticket for an appearance before an immigration judge which uh, i'll bet more than 90 percent will just ignore because what's the gain right you, you right. could get deported or you could stay invisible uh, but it's not invisible to the schools uh, we give them driver's licenses many states uh, now Democrats are pushing to give them the right to vote. They're not citizens, and they're going to be elected the person who leads the country. So uh, I think the implications, the ramifications of this go far beyond Thursday's end of Title 42. Well, they do, and not just because they're just simply not prepared for this. I mean, they're going to send 1,500 troops to the border. It's not going to be anywhere near enough. Uh, mostly because the policies that they're going to put in place aren't good enough. Now, the very interesting. Oh, and wait, wait. And Kamala Harris criticized Trump when he sent troops to the border, said that this was a frivolous uh, way to uh, to treat our military uh, uh, by having them deal with this kind of minor issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a whole lot of. There's a whole lot of hypocrisy going on here because Biden just embraced another Trump era policy, which was having Mexico um, immediately accept deportees back into Mexico um, if they're caught at the border, um, even if they're non-Mexicans. 
And that was a Trump era policy that was uh, in part what Remain in Mexico. Remain in Mexico was more was about more than just that, but that was in part what the Remain in Mexico thing was. And uh, then they sort of reinforced that with Title 42. But um, Biden did cut that deal with Mexico to to um, so that Mexico will accept all those people back across the border if they're caught without um, without balking at the non-Mexicans that they're that, that we're sending back. But wonder that, what that also, wonder, wonder what that costs our taxpayers. That, that's a really good question. You know, when when Trump did it, he was basically strong arming Mexico by threatening to cut off trade. And there was a lot of there was a lot of debate as to whether that was a legitimate thing to do because we want to have you know free trade with Mexico. And we had just negotiated a free trade agreement uh, with Mexico and Canada. Trump, it was a big win for Trump that that new agreement. And he immediately after that uh, threatened to basically break the treaty that he himself was, had championed. And in the end, Mexico blinked and agreed to agreed to the Remain in Mexico uh, policy, which was a huge disincentive for for border crossings. Not that they dried up entirely, but you didn't have these waves of migrants coming across the border uh, because they've known, even with COVID for, uh, COVID-19 and Title 42, they've known that if they get across the border, all they're going to do is get a, all they're going to do is get a ticket and uh, and a court date that they can ignore. Yeah. It's catch and release all over again. That's the yeah. problem. The yeah. incentives. No, it's just it's just criminal. Yeah. Uh, and you you mentioned Afghanistan. There's a little known story. I did a an audio commentary on it at Red State. But uh, uh, Joe Biden has spent get this since we left Afghanistan after we were done with it, he has sent eight billion taxpayer dollars back into Afghanistan. And the legally appointed, Congress's legally appointed Inspector General for Afghan spending uh, asked what this money was for, and the State Department and the Treasury are stonewalling him. So Biden has spent $8 billion in the place that we left after losing the war, and we don't know what it's for. We don't know if it's payoff to the Taliban, which is illegal under another law uh, for allowing evacuations. We don't know if he's funding terrorist groups that are fighting against the Taliban. Uh, we don't have any idea where this $8 billion went. And he's stonewalling. And the media, in their usually uh, irresponsible way, is shucking its um, um, constitutionally protected job of being a watchdog. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Malcolm on the right, by the way, for VIP members. Right. Over at so be sure to listen to that. Uh, I do want to get back to um, something breaking before we uh, wrap up with our jokes. Um, and I've got a couple for you. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. But um, over at PJ Media, one of our one of our fine sister sites, um, Matt Margolis writes that uh, uh, Representative James Comer, who's chair of House Oversight these days, is preparing to drop a major bombshell about Joe Biden. In fact, he's so convinced that this evidence is consequential that he's also spoken to the Department of Justice, advising them not to indict Hunter Biden until the committee's forthcoming announcement. Um, my message to the Department of Justice is very loud and clear. Do not indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday, uh, he told uh, Maria Bartiromo yesterday. 
When you have the opportunity to see the evidence that the House Oversight Committee will produce with respect to the web of LLCs, with respect to the number of adversarial countries that this family's influence peddled in, and it's not just about the president's son, this is about the entire Biden family, including the president of the United States. So we believe there are a whole lot of tips that the IRS and the DOJ don't know about because we don't believe they've done a whole lot of digging into this, and we have. Um, I mean, this brings up the whole thing about What's going on at the IRS, the Department of Justice, why they're dragging their heels on an indictment and why this hasn't gone to a special prosecutor, which is, you know, you know, independent counsel, special counsel, special counsel, excuse me, um, which I hate, by the way, I hate special counsels. I'd rather it be I'd rather that the political accountability stick within the uh, Department of Justice and on Merrick Garland. Um but it does raise questions here. What does what does Comer's committee know? What is it that they're going to release on Wednesday? And uh, they we already have had a leak that um, a whistleblower is alleging that the Department of Justice had evidence from a witness of bribery involving then Vice President Joe Biden that they sat on. And Comer's already talked about that. Um, so I'm kind of wondering what else they have, but... It's kind of an interesting conundrum for the Department of Justice. Don't don't indict Hunter before you hear from us. (laughs) Well, Joe, uh, listen, Ed, you have to realize that when the Treasury Department for the Biden administration issued last month its suspicious activity reports on millions of dollars being transferred from China to members of the Biden family, that uh, when a reporter asked Joe Biden about that, he said it didn't happen. So, you know, don't get too excited about Wednesday yet. There's obviously nothing there. Well, according to Stephanie Rule, there's nothing there. And it has no connection to Joe Biden. <laughs> she doesn't know what it is, but she knows it has no connection to Joe Biden. She wants That's everybody it. to know that, too. Whatever it is. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, how do you? Well, I know they're not journalists, but as a, I don't know how, as a responsible, broadcast host you sleep at night no just having just gaslighted however many hundred thousand people are watching it's just uh and and showing how much you're in the pocket that yeah crowd. yeah you know? it, it's pretty stunning i agree it's pretty stunning yeah all right jokes of the week that's what we got to get to now andrew I, i'm gonna well, let you go first okay uh, Jimmy, these are old. Jimmy Fallon said an Aussie billionaire is building a replica Titanic. It's a great way to travel if you couldn't get a seat on the Hindenburg Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seth Meyer said North Korea is changing time zones to match those in South Korea, which means North Koreans will have to set their clocks ahead. About 100 years. <laughs> uh, finally, Jimmy Fallon said, after the successes of its in-store cafes, Ikea might open its own restaurants, which is great until you have to assemble your own table. Yes. Yeah. Or assemble your own macaroni and cheese. You probably have to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right i got a couple for you all right all right so after 20 years of marriage a husband and wife go to counseling 
When asked what the problem was, the wife breaks into a passionate tirade of every problem they've ever had. Finally, after allowing this to go on for a sufficient amount of time, the therapist gets up, walks over to the wife, makes her stand up, and kisses her really hard. The woman shuts up and quietly sits down. The therapist then says to the husband, this is what your wife needs at least three times a week. Can you do this? After a moment, the husband replies, well, I can drop her off here on Mondays and Wednesdays, but Friday's All right, one more, one more. <laughs> That's a good one, Ed. You like that one? Yeah. Fish. yeah I, I, she's got it to get here on her own. Fridays I fish. All right, an older white-haired gentleman walks into a jewelry store one Friday evening with a beautiful young gal at his side. He told the jeweler that he's looking for a special ring for his girlfriend. The jeweler looks through his stock and brought out a $5,000 ring and showed it to him. And the old man says, look, I don't think you understand. I need something very special. So... The jeweler goes back, looks at his special stock and brings another ring over. And he says, well, here's a really stunning ring. It's only $40,000. Young lady is you know, very excited by this. And the old man just says, great, we'll take it. The jeweler asks well, you know, how the payment's going to be made. Uh, the man says, by check. Uh, and so he says, I know you need to make sure the check is good. So I'll write it now. And you can call the bank on Monday to verify the funds. And I'll pick up the ring on Monday afternoon. The jeweler says, fine. So Monday morning, a very, very unhappy jeweler phones the old man. He says, there's no money in your account. I know, said the old man, but can you imagine the weekend I just had? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, oh. Ah, there you go. There you go. You'll be here all week, folks. I'll be here all week. I'll be, I'll be getting letters on that all week, too. But that's all right. I'll be here all week. Andrew Malcolm is the prince of Twitter all week and every week, the regent of redstate.com. Follow him at A.H. Malcolm. Andrew, great having you back, man. Can't wait to do it next week. Okay, we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody. 